What is up, everybody? Welcome to Fightful Wrestling. It is Denise Salcedo. I am joined today by Carlos Toro. And today we are going to be chatting all about Triple Mania 30, Chapter 2, Tijuana. Oh, my God. So first and foremost, it is about to be midnight here today. Uh, Carlos, I know you are in the East Coast. So for you, it's even later. So first of all, I want to thank everybody who's joining us at this hour. This is officially the latest post show I have ever done. But Triple Mania today was seriously, it was a good show. A lot happens. We kind of have a lot to get into here today. So I want to thank everybody who's seriously waiting up and is watching whether you're watching live or you're watching the replay of this thank you guys so much for tuning in on top of that you guys know the drill here at fightful wrestling make sure you guys take part in the chat stay active if you guys want to help us out keep us funded you are more than welcome to send in a super chat if you do send in a super chat you will get your question comment or statement read on the air on top of that if you'd like to send in a humper chat we have Luis here who is keeping track of all of our humper chats so if you want to send in a humper chat and get your comment also read on the show you are more than welcome to here today but let's do it guys let's get this going carlos i want to kick things off by asking you what you thought about today's show overall i thought the show was excellent i thought it was a it, as far as wrestling is concerned it was a pretty solid uh show from top to bottom Main event obviously didn't really follow up as well as the other the past three matches before that, but I think it was still serviceable given the circumstances that had occurred throughout the entire week. Aside from the audio and visual issues we had at the very start of the show, beyond that, it was actually a pretty clean production, all things considered, which I'm not going to lie, I expected more issues throughout the night, and I'm, I'm very, very happy to say this was actually a pretty, pretty clean production show. I think in terms of the production, like the stage and the fireworks and, you know, the bringing in the cheerleaders and, you know, just how everything looked overall. I loved the production aspect of the show. I think they did a phenomenal job with that. The one thing that we do have to fix, because this is crucial because it affects the viewing experience when you're watching the show. Uh, and I feel and this was I noticed it, too, with the uh, with the Monterey show, the same exact issues where you're listening to the Spanish commentary and you can hear the English commentary in the back background or you're watching the English commentary and you can hear the Spanish commentary on the background. So thankfully, so basically when the show today started, I was, I like to watch the Spanish commentary. I, mm. I can't listen to the English commentary. It just doesn't hit the same for me. I feel like if I'm watching AAA, I have to watch the Spanish commentary. And so it was a little bit difficult though in the beginning because I kept hearing the English and although the, the Spanish, they tend to be a lot out louder. So they were kind of drowning out the English commentary, but it was still there. So it was kind of annoying uh and the other thing that i do wish that they would do is mic up the crowd because uh the oh crowd God, yeah. we want to be able to hear who people are you know cheering for who people are really reacting to and that really kind of especially if you're a new viewer you want to know like who's over who's not especially if you don't really know so uh those are the things that i do wish that they fix in production because it would just make a world of a difference with the viewing experience i was so frustrated a little bit in the beginning but thankfully they fixed it uh throughout the evening and it wasn't too bad at all no it was it, it, the main issue also was the fact that i think they switched the english and spanish feeds because if you it, i think it started with the english feed but we were listening to the spanish feed and very very low volume on the english feed but then you switch it and you actually heard the entire english feed that was supposed to be in spanish so 
<laughs> it was actually mainly an issue that was affecting like the first, not even the first half of the first match. So overall, I mean, after that it got fixed, but yeah, the, the whole not mic in the crowd, that's been an issue that they've had for, for a while. And there were a couple of matches that I thought the atmosphere really was not captured fully uh, from the audio's perspective. Right, exactly. So let's go ahead and kick things off. We do got a super chat here from Lorenzo Torres. Thank you so much to Lorenzo for being our first super chat of the day. He says, great to see the great Denise. This show was great. Thank you so much, Lorenzo, for all of the love. We appreciate you. Uh, we also got to make sure that, okay, cool. All right, all right. I was, I was, I was confused for a second. I was like, wait, humper chats, super chats, all the chats. We got to make sure we get all this going here today. All right, so let's kick things off. Uh, we're going to go in a nice chronological format, and that just makes things a lot easier here today. Uh, so let's kick off with the opening match here. And this is um, what a lot of people might not realize, too, is that the first hour of the show, it was basically a pre-show, but they don't really call it a pre-show. They kind of make it seem like it's part of the main show. But the main show really started in that second hour. So we did have the, the women's uh, eight-way elimination cage match. And this included, uh, this was a lot of fun. So basically mm -hmm. what you had were the women coming in here and the whoever were the last two women in this match. We're going to go on later on in the night and have a mask versus mask match. So that was basically what we had here. But this was really cool. We had Lady Shani. We had uh, we had Chick, uh, Chick Tormenta. We had Maravilla, La Hierda, Lady Flamer, uh, Reina Dorada, Sexy Star. Uh, this was a lot, a lot of fun. So uh, let's kind of kick things off here. I want to start off by getting your thoughts on how you felt about this match mainly because this was a pretty hard hitting match i think that the women really came out here and they they had their working shoes on man like they made this very hard hitting there was a lot of spots that i really really enjoyed uh but let's kind of get your thoughts here first and then we'll kind of jump into the nitty-gritty information yeah i like that the fact that there were multiple highlights from not even from multiple women throughout this match i mean and hell, it started off with uh, Reina Dorada going to the top of the rope, and instead of escaping from the cage, she decides to do a crossbody on the entire uh, on the entire rest of the six women in the match, and that just immediately falls out. And, I, and the whole storyline towards the end, where you had uh, all three members of La Toxicas just trying to escape the cage, almost got, but it, it almost kind of got to a weird point where, like, you had two of them all right at the top of the cage. So all they needed to do was just get out and both would be fine. One of them would have to, would still have to be stuck behind, but it was, you know, there was a lot of really fun matches. It was one moment. I think I'm trying to remember. I think it was a uh, La Yera going for a Michinoku driver on Reina Dorada that the camera angle almost made it seem like she almost landed on her neck. But, and I think that was more of a camera angle thing, but yeah, no, this was a very good match. Very fun, hard hitting match, as You said, um, you know, lent a lot of animosity towards the later mass versus mass match, which I thought the steel cage, the having all three members of La Toxicas go up against Chick Tormenta in, as that final four, I thought it set up very nicely for what was going to happen later on tonight, which was also another actually really good match. 
Exactly. And I think one of my favorite parts of this was, you know, them incorporating the weapons and really kind of taking things to that next level. And you mentioned that spot with Reina Dorada. Oh, my God. So like everybody because the way that they kicked off this match, you saw everybody kind of heading out towards the cage. And it makes sense because, you know, if you, you want to escape the cage. But then you have the people that are like, hell no, because if she escapes the cage, then there's a chance that I'm going to be one of the last ones left in here. So that's not what I want. So quickly, that was established during this match. But when Reina Dorada went to the top and it seemed I thought, oh, she's going to exit. This is it. Like, she's going to exit smart. Good for her. But then she's like, nah, hey, I'm just going to do a plancha off the top of the cage. So I really like that. And she's somebody that legitimately has like this sports background with like Taekwondo. She's a great athlete. And she recently just got the character too. So, you know, they want to establish her. And I think that kind of giving her that moment during this match really did that. But for me, I think what I really liked was uh, Chick Tormenta bringing in like the light tube, using the yeah. light tube to try to cut. Um, I think she was, yeah, she was trying to cut Maravilla and, you know, trying to slice her open. I thought that was really great. I love seeing uh, uh, Maravilla put Flammer through the uh, through the table. That was an awesome spot. So I thought the way that they worked it out was really good. And then eventually, uh, obviously, we ended up having Chick Tormenta and uh, Flammer later on in the match for the mass versus match, uh, mass versus mass match. So we'll talk about that once we actually get to this, but legitimately, this was a uh, this was a really good opening match, and all the women brought it. It was hard hitting. Unfortunately, I would say that you know the production aspects did kind of take away just a little bit from it, but they really did such a great job that I don't think it was like such a huge impact on their match. Yeah, and I, I guess the only main. I guess the one nitpick was the fact that the feed cut off like right around the time Lady Shai was was exiting the cage or basically leaving the match. So it was a kind of so probably all, some people might have missed that part. But one other thing I wanted to point out, and this is something that it's kind of always been a pet peeve of mine in pro wrestling, but I'm glad they did not do it in this one, is when you have these multi-person matches, including all members of a stable, and you know how they go, it's like uh, every man or every woman for himself, and then you just do the traditional, oh, one turns on the other or something, just plant the seeds, obligatory, blah, 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 split up. They, all three members of La Toxica, perfectly understood that, hey, you know, one of us is going to have to have to be in a mass versus mass match. And it wasn't like, not like they turned on each other or anything. They just understood, listen, we all want to escape the cage. And I love that they, pretty much just kind of stuck it out for, for each other towards the end of the match, which then also played a role much later on in, in the night. So not like the traditional, oh, are they going to break up? Is there, it, are they going to get along? As some say in, in, it could have easily WWE been speak, like the yeah. main focus, right? Yeah. I like that. No, I completely agree with you, and I'm glad that you brought that up as well. We also have another super chat. This one is from Lorenzo Torres, and he's kind of talking about uh, the Matt Hardy uh, situation, which we'll talk about later on. But uh, he says that whole Matt Hardy, uh, John Hardy thing was very weird, and I hated it. Oh, we'll talk about that in just a second because, uh, again, you got to understand, we got, I, I feel like what you're going to have here is uh, Carla's the main gist, and I, you know, it's so, it's a little difficult to explain, but I, you know, there is a big difference between, um, 
the triple A audience, the people that tune in mm -hmm. and watch the show, and then the casuals, uh, you know, the the more of the American audience that's coming in to uh, watch the show, whether it be for the Hardys or whatever. Uh, you know, there is going to be a difference in terms of like what you're expecting from the show, etc. Uh, so I think that's going to play a huge part into what we talk about later on tonight. But I uh, thank you so much to Lorenzo Torres for sending in this comment because I cannot. I mean, the super chat, excuse me, because I cannot wait to talk about that. Uh, let's see what we got here. We got another super chat. This one's from Earn Dog 12 says Carlo is the man. That is all. Congratulations, Carlos. You are the man. Thank you. I think I know who that uh who who that super chat is, and I appreciate her. I think uh, I think that's you, Ernie. So I appreciate you from friend from the boxing side supporting us here at Fightful. I love it. I love it. Bring the friends in, man. Bring the friends in. All right. Let's get into this next one here because this is always a lot of fun because let's be real. The thing with AAA is that you know shit's always going to go down and you never know what to expect or what's going to happen. So the next match that we had, the next match we're going to go into is the Copa, the Copa Triple Mania uh, with the 13 wrestlers that came into this match. And basically what you had here was we didn't know who was going to be in this match whatsoever. We had had no idea. Uh, but some of the people that we had in here was Mr. Iguana. We had Abismo Negro Jr. We had Mecca Wolf. We had Dulce Canela. We had Nino Amurguesa. We had Vampiro. We had Bestia. Uh, we had uh, Ray. We had Heavy Metal. We had Charlie Manson, Pagano, uh, Cibernetico. We had Mamba. I mean, it was kind of nuts here. <laughs> um, but let, I want to start off by asking you, Carlos, who would you say out of this list when they came out, you were like, oh shit, like things are going down. This this is somebody that I was very excited to see or somebody that you weren't expecting to see in this match. Uh, I'm going to go with the Homer pick and just go with Mecca Wolf. It's always great seeing a Puerto Rican wrestler get a bit of a shine. And he did get a few spots in this match where he kind of shine in, in a match that, let's be honest, had a lot of fairly big names as a part of it. I mean, we didn't even mention the, uh, you know, Ray Horace and Damian 666 running into Help Out Bestia. Which they came was, out of nowhere, too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and by the way, shout-outs to Vampiro. He looked in really good shape. I mean, I remember seeing him over the last few years and how he looked physically, and then he looked like he dropped a lot of weight heading to the ring, and he was doing he was doing some pretty acrobatic uh, stuff for a guy who was in his mid-50s. So, I mean, kudos to Vampiro. Vampiro looked great. I'm glad that you brought that up because instantly the second you saw him, he did immediately look like he, you know, had dropped a couple of pounds. I don't know how many, but you can tell. You can mm -hmm. just tell. Uh, but he looks good. He looked like he didn't miss a beat. And, you know, Vampiro's a big star. So I think having him be part of the Copa was definitely nothing that was going to take away from it because you know what mm -hmm. you're going to expect out of this kind of match. Um, For me, I would tell you that I really, because I'm, I'm a fan of the Exoticos. Like, I love mm -hmm. the Exoticos. Like, that for me is, and for a lot of people, that's why they're very, they're very popular. So I loved seeing Dulce Canela. Um, so much fun when she's, you know, kissing uh, freaking uh, Mr. Iguana's uh, Yesca. I, I thought that was really funny. I really loved that portion of it. Nino Hamburguesa, who I just, who ended up winning the entire thing. Uh, he's somebody that I've just been a fan of because, you know, the character to me is pretty damn hilarious. So I, I, I love, love that. Him. I love him. And speaking of character too, Mr. Iguana, he's somebody that is very unique and you definitely see that when he's out there. So I was a big fan of his too. Uh, the other person that I thought was uh, awesome to see was also Heavy Metal because I think that was one of the names that you probably weren't expecting. And given the fact that, you know, he's this big legend in AAA, I thought it was pretty cool to kind of see him take part in this. Um, and personally, for me, 
Here's the one where I marked out. And it was Sir Benertico. And when yeah. he came out, I was so happy because he's legitimately been one of my favorite people. So when he came out, I was like, hell yeah. Because I, I even wonder, like, oh, is Sir Benertico going to be in this match or not? Uh, so when he came out, that was definitely a pop for me. And I really like that they're looking like they're setting up uh, Pagano versus Cibernetico. So I'm hoping that that's a match that we probably end up seeing over uh, on the third chapter of this in Mexico City. Yeah, I mean, it'd be kind of weird to not put it on on that final show, given how 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 basically it ended with Mamba throwing both of those two out, which was actually which was a, kind of a neat surprise that Mamba was the one who eliminated uh, Pagano and Cibernetico, and they just kept brawling to the outside and even to behind the backstage. And I think it was Cibernetico who just dropped like a glass shard or a glass paint on on Pagano to the point where he had to be tended to by medics, which, uh, spoiler warning, medics tending to wrestlers kind of became a theme of the night for a lot of the matches here. Yeah, we did actually see a lot of that here today. So we'll talk about that more. Uh, the other thing, too, that I noticed about this Copa is that uh, it felt less... Um, I think it felt less confusing than some of the past ones that we have seen. I think this one felt a little bit more straightforward, even though there were some people that popped up out of nowhere and you're like, oh, shit, when this person come out? Um, but aside from that, I think we've seen more like confusing Copas. This one to me was a little bit more straightforward than some of the yeah. ones from the past. Yeah, it really, w thinking back, like this was not a traditional Copa, um, Copa Triple Mania in the sense that it was, you know, full of these big gimmicks or a lot of these, weird chicanery weird shenanigans it was actually a fairly straightforward match all things considered which did i you miss have jeff a jarrett with. that's the question did you miss jeff jarrett in these <laughs> <laughs> you know he always gets a bunch of heat i love it that's true that is true <laughs> awesome uh let's get some more comments in here we got a very a generous super chat this one is from 10 ruzo says a very as a very casual watcher of this from Australia, it is a wild experience watching this. Hope for more of these shows. CMLL and AAA, please get along. Uh, I don't... I don't think it's going to happen anytime uh, yeah, soon. And I know there's been a lot of talk about this, but this is absolutely nothing new. Um, it is what it is, man. Yeah. It is what it is. The beef is just going to be there, especially more so from the CMLL side of things. Yeah, I mean, I would not uh, hope... Uh, I would not hold your breath. Uh, if you're a casual fan, I would not hold your breath on seeing any direct uh, partnership between CMLL and AAA. I just don't. I think we're all here. Everybody watching the show, uh, Carlos, you and me included, we'd probably forgive our worst enemy before CMLL <laughs> forgets about, forgives AAA and makes peace with them. Yeah. Uh, we got a super chat here from Amish boy Freddie who says after everything that had ha that has happened this week this is the night of Lucha Libre that was needed glad we got this thank you all for your hard work thank you so much Amish boy Freddie it was a good night there are certain matches there's two matches in particular that I personally cannot wait to talk about and uh, I'm very happy about that uh, but thank you so much for sending in this super chat here we got another one here from Lorenzo Torres who says congrats on your marriage Denise also thanks to the both of you for staying up and covering this the cruiserweight match was match of the night uh nice segue Ooh, cannot wait to get into that one in just a couple of seconds but uh thank you so much to also to andrew carrick for also sending in this super chat i really really appreciate you for sending that, this in that was man. another boxing friend coming in for for the help so i appreciate all all the boxing folk coming in and help and supporting the channel and the pod Hey, I love it. I need boxing friends, man. They seem pretty loyal. They seem pretty dedicated, man. <laughs> That's they great. are. They are. 
So, as Lorenzo Torres mentioned, this match of the night, this was the unification match for the Cruiserweight and Latin American title. Winner take all, five-way match. When I interviewed Conan for this, uh, he told me, Denise, this is going to be a five-star match. And I, 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 I mean, I don't know what rating this match is going to get, but this match to me, uh, this was definitely up there in one of my best of the year candidate matches because this match here was worth the entire price of this show. It was so freaking good. It basically, re not reinforced, but it was just a reminder of why Lucha Libre is so freaking awesome why it gets over and why, you know, it's such a cultural thing uh, in Mexico and why it's so huge. And just like the the cultural impact that Lucha Libre has had throughout its history. And this here, this here was just a little exhibit of that. And the match that I'm talking about, obviously, the five-way match, including Laredo Kid, uh, Torres, Ray Phoenix, Bandito, El Hijo del Vinquingo. Um, this was absolutely nuts. Now, I'm going to run through a couple of the spots that happened here. And then I kind of want to get your thoughts here but what we got was a lot of madness and when you think of all of these guys that's probably what you expect uh first and foremost we really need to shout out uh Taurus because he was an amazing base during this match and just went in there and he was actually one of the guys that had one of the first spots of this match that like really blew me away when he did that like uh like corkscrew tornado dive to the outside and considering yeah. how big of a guy he is and he's not you know one of these lighter guys Guys, he's not. So seeing him do that in the middle, the in between the middle rope was absolutely nuts. Um, uh, we saw Vikingo do some things that I can't even explain with the tijeras, where he's jumping in the ropes, going through his legs. Can't even explain what he did there. Going in there, walking the ropes, doing double springboards off the ropes. Bandito doing a tornillo plancha, fabulous. Uh, the tilt a whirl, uh, head scissors from Bandito, another awesome spot. Um, Black Thaudos, uh, I mentioned here, and he did a great job. With all of that, but there was a moment too where he pounces uh Hijo del Vikingo the Vikingo with the uh freaking horns where he pounces yeah. him over on the uh stage area. Uh the hurricanrana that Vikingo did, the running hurricanrana using the post, stepping on that, doing it there, running 630 from Vikingo. Um, Laredo kid doing a running hurricanrana on Vikingo God, while that. Vikingo was sitting on the top rope that had me screaming. Me uh, those were those were legitimately just a couple of the major spots during this match. Um, with all of that being said, Carlos, how did you feel about this match and which moments really had you like at the edge of your seat? It was a hundred mile per hour race for like, I don't even know how long this match went. It was like maybe it probably went like 12, 13 minutes, maybe a little bit longer, but it was just nonstop action. Taurus was phenomenal, basically. And, and it kind of liked the little story at the beginning where all four other guys were basically targeting Taurus. Like, yeah, we know we need to get this guy out as soon as possible. That Laredo kid spot where he just ran into, I think he jumped off of Taurus's back onto Hijo del Vikingo and both of them just crashing and burning onto the outside also had me screaming. I thought, oh my God, they're, how are they not hurt after that? And I think that Laredo Kid, was, even with kind of holding his right leg after it was such an insane spot. And I mean, this was just a fantastic match. I love the, the, I think it was, okay, so Vikingo 
goes for a it ended with a vikingo 630 splash which he did a couple of them during he this did match. a couple of 630s during this match which, i think he at least did like three because he did the running one he did the one off the top rope and i'm pretty sure there was another one somewhere in there yeah he did the one off the top rope which was kind of the end of the match where phoenix just uh, breaks up the pin goes for a double foot stomp gets the win and but I mean, all these guys just excelled, and I really hope that this match, um, you know, gave a lot of people stateside like a lot of uh, a lot of eagerness to want to watch some of these guys, especially Ico del Vikingo, who really, who really deserved a lot of you know a lot of praise for his performance in this match because feels like most of the spots in this match were because of El Hijo del Vikingo. He was just simply phenomenal, and the moment after the match where Phoenix was holding both of his titles and Hijo del Vikingo was holding the mega title. And I thought that that was a very, very nice moment that kind of maybe signalized, okay, maybe we're getting uh champion versus champion titles versus title. I'm not sure maybe uh, on the third triple mania show in, Me- in Mexico city, but that would be a phenomenal match. Just a one-on-one between the two of them. Yeah, and it seems like they're teasing like a winner take all with all their with all of their bouts. And I feel like that may be like the very clear option in terms of what we're gonna get for uh for the Mexico City show. And personally, I think that would be an awesome way to go because you know you'd get a kick-ass match. Uh, but it's crazy to think that even in this match, uh, like for those that didn't watch it, it's crazy to think that you know, I wouldn't even have considered Ray Phoenix did great in this in this match, don't get me wrong, and he ended up winning and all of that, but he to me wasn't even like the big standout in this match. Just because yeah. there was so much, you know, going on. I think to me, the real standouts uh, were Taurus and were Vikingo. I think to me, those were the two standouts for two totally different reasons, but still, but stu- but still, the two standouts of this match, regardless. So I, I legitimately think, like, if you did not watch this show when they put it up on YouTube afterwards, uh, <laughs> please go out of your way to watch this match because this is one where I think that a lot of people, especially if you if you love this kind of you know style for sure you're gonna love this match uh like 1000 percent. i don't even know what else to say so one thing i also want to point out because there might be some people that were a little bit concerned so bandito was carried out in a stretcher after the match and i did see a uh i think it was an instagram post of him saying that he's got no fracture so that's fantastic news because i mean it looked a little bit scary because he was on the on the ring uh, for for a little bit while and he was carried out in a stretcher so a lot of people kind of thought the worst but it looks bad yeah so but thankfully it looks like he's he's not seriously hurt at the very least there's nothing broken yeah, so I'm glad I saw that too. They said that there's no neck fracture. He did have to go to the hospital, clearly, but mm. uh, at least it doesn't seem to be anything too serious. But yeah, it was it was not an, a a nice visual to see. You never want to see anybody get stretchered out, uh, mm. especially you know after such an incredible performance. The last thing you want to do is see somebody get stretched out, stretchered out. Um, so thankfully. Thankfully, it doesn't seem to be anything too serious. But we did get a super chat here. Uh, this one is from Mad Mes- Mercenary, who says, "No questions asked. Vikingo, Vikingo rules, and Taurus is highly underrated." I was gonna tweet that. I was literally gonna tweet that. I thought Taurus was underrated, but mm-hmm. sometimes I feel bad putting out tweets like that because just because 
I personally feel that he is underrated. I don't think enough people, uh, you know, tend to talk about him in terms of because, you know, you know, he's not necessarily out there and, you know, on WWE every week or AEW every week. So I think sometimes people are, you know, people tend to forget to talk about those other people and other promotions that are doing a fabulous job. And that's Taurus. And so for me, I was going to put I was going to tweet that because I do agree with this statement. He is completely underrated i think he is literally the best base right now in lucha libre period and some of the things that he can do for a guy his size it's freaking nuts mm-hmm. yeah i mean i remember at the start of the match when you talking about that court screw through the ropes i remember like immediately before that he had hijo del vikingo in a gorilla press and just threw him like all, like six seven feet onto the other three outside of the ring doesn't take a breather, then immediately runs the ropes and goes for that corkscrew through the ropes. It's insane. Uh, we got another super chat here from Kyle Johnson who says, I agree with Ernie. Carlos is the man. Dude, you got a lot of fans here today. <laughs> Shout out, I, man. Uh, should, should I just like take a, a, a Gatorade drinking game that I have right here for every time someone from the boxing side comes in and support? Because that is number three. Yeah, I, I'm really jealous right now. I got to tell you, I need boxing friends. I need boxing friends. None of my friends are in here right now. They're all they're all asleep. They don't even watch wrestling. I'm jealous right now. <laughs> uh, thank you so much to Kyle Johnson for this very lovely uh, super chat here. Uh, all right, moving on from this, let's go ahead and get into uh, Taya Valkyrie, who comes out. She's the current Reina de Reinas champion. Uh, she comes in and she basically cuts a promo talking about how she was with another promotion. But even during that time that she kept thinking about her home here at AAA, she says, distance does not matter. Uh, you were always with me in my heart. She kind of mentions Diana Perrazzo not giving her any respect etc and she says you know in my return i had to fight for what was always mine and you know she motions to the reina de reinas championship and then afterwards she does mention that there's going to be a new group coming Mm -hmm. and she says she's going to wrestle whoever wins the mask versus mask match and then uh, surprisingly this was this the cherry on top of this promo from taya where she says she's going to call where she where she essentially calls out thunder rosa out of nowhere and i'm like oh shit she just called out thunder rosa this is freaking great uh thunder rosa i I believe she accepted in another video where she posted her reaction to it where she was uh i think she's out here in los angeles right now if i'm not mistaken uh i'm not sure exactly where but i i think she might be out in this area right now uh but let's go ahead and jump right into this carlos how did you feel about what taya had to say about her calling out thunder rosa and where and when do you think this is even going to happen if it does happen which i'm assuming it will since you called her out first of all i want to give kudos to taya valkyrie for juggling that promo both in spanish and in english at the same time because it is not easy uh to be able to do that at the same time uh secondly I was very, it was kind of like a bombshell of a promo because she just constantly was just throwing out these little tidbits here and there. And then all of a sudden, I mean, I had assumed, I, I had assumed, okay, maybe, okay, so the winner of the Math vs. Mass match maybe challenges uh, Taya at the final Triple Mania show. No problem. And I feel like that's probably we're also going to get the, the unveiling of this new stable or this new group that she has. But then the challenge to Thunder Rose is very interesting because I'm trying to think like I suppose you could also do that on a on a on a triple A show, but this almost felt like almost like maybe like a hint for any American viewers saying like, hey, this could possibly be something you see in AEW. Or I mean, there's a lot that you can sort of work with this, and it's a very 
It's a very interesting match. It's one that I hadn't even thought about before tonight, but it's one that I, I'm actually very excited about. I'm just curious where, where and when this match would happen. Exactly. That's what I think so, too. But I'm really glad that they did this, though. Mm. Uh, you know, I want to see Thunder Rosa go out and, you know, wrestle these different matches whenever she can and, you know, whatever promotion she can, especially at a level like this. So I think that if they were to do that, I mean, if, if they were to do it at the Mexico City show, that'd be freaking awesome. Whether or not they do it, I don't know. Um, but either way, I think that was a really nice, uh, not a really nice, but it was a really cool thing to do, especially because it kind of gives us a direction as to, you know, what's going on with Taya. She mentions this new group she may already knows that we're going to get this uh mask uh that she's going to wrestle the person that won the mask versus mask match she mentioned that and then also you know including the portion about thunder rosa so we kind of got a lot all in this like very short span of this promo that she did so that was really awesome um all right so let's go ahead and jump in because after this also, here's the thing that I want to say to you, because after this we went into the conan a portion of this where they did the tribute video um I liked that we got this massive break following the five-way match because yeah. I think after that, everybody was kind of feeling like, okay, uh, it, it would have been really hard to get into the next match just because everybody was still, you know, really feeling the last match. Uh, so I like that they did the promo after this and they did a bunch of stuff in between and then having Conan come out. So Conan comes out, you know, he's such a huge part, a major, major part of, of AAA. And so to have him come out there, show the tribute video, have Taya out there, have uh, Bestia, Damon, Ray Horace, Phoenix, uh, Phoenix, Mecca, to have all of them out there, I thought was really great. So um, in terms of this, how did you feel about this? I, you know, I thought it was nice. There was one line that Conan mentioned towards the end of his little speech that I thought was very, very, I think could ring a lot of true in a lot of situations is that, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here because I don't remember verbatim, but like you want to give your, fl your flowers to the people who deserve it when they're still here. So yes. you can best celebrate it. And I thought that was a very nice line that Conan gave. And I, you know, I don't think that he was referring to himself. I think he was referring to a lot of legends in the industry who sometimes uh, are gone too soon. And we don't take the chance to really appreciate them. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply while they're still there so i thought that that was a very nice uh a very nice gesture a very nice line i thought it was a very nice ceremony to kind of bring us all down from that five way because from that from that point onward everything just goes full speed ahead like no breaks whatsoever in the matches Exactly. And I'm glad that you pointed out that line, too, because it stood out to me when he said it. And I agree with you. I do think for the most part he was talking about, you know, people that have passed, especially because we did see 
I believe it was earlier on in the show where we did get to see, you know, just a a tribute to all of the legends that have passed away and just, you know, everybody that was mentioned there, uh, some people that, you know, went a lot sooner. It's something that, you know, that was mentioned in the show and, you know, it always usually is. But to kind of hear him talk about that, but also, you know, knowing that Conan did have these serious health issues Mm -hmm. and, you know, we all knew about it. And so to kind of just have him go out there and say like, yeah, you know, having somebody receive their flowers while they're still here. I thought that was really nice. Even him just telling Maricela, you know, how he feels about her and he loves her and, you know, just starting his career in Tijuana. There was just so much that factored into this that I thought was a very, very uh, nice thing. So this was good. I really enjoyed this. Uh, before we move on, guys, uh, just a friendly reminder, if you are here, thank you so much for staying up so late to hang out with us. We really thank you guys so much. Um, once again, if you do want to get your question, comment, or statement read on this show, you are more than welcome to send in a super chat at any point, or you can send in a humper chat as well, and we will make sure to pull all of those up. Now, let's go ahead and get into the next match here. Uh, the next match that we're going to go ahead and get right into is the Ruleta de la Muerte semi semifinal match and this was blue demon jr versus pentagon jr uh with the loser with the loser advancing to face the uh the other loser of the next uh of the ruleta de la muerte match which we'll talk about later on but i kind of want to start off here by talking a little bit about uh the expectations i think personally that i had for this match i didn't really have any major expectations from this and i will tell you that I thought this match was so much better because, you know, there's only so much that I feel that I wasn't expecting Blue Demon Jr. to really go out there and, like, you know, really do all the stuff that he did. He went out there, did a freaking uh, Canadian Destroyer twice, actually, not just one. He did twice, two of them, one even uh, off the top rope and uh, and getting a freaking uh pentagon jr into the table so it was like really freaking great to kind of just see him go out there and like have his working shoes on and just doing all the stuff that they did in this match where you know he brings out the hammer that he used on dr wagner jr he uh ties the mask of pentagon jr to the ropes he busts those two canadian destroyers eventually ends up getting the win here and so for 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 what i was expecting this completely blew my expectations out of the water. So, Carlos, how did you feel about this? What were your expectations realistically going into this match? And how did you feel in terms of the outcome? I will say this is this was about as good a match as this could possibly be, given that Blue Demon Jr. is 55 years old, about to turn 56 in a month. And I got to be honest, for what the match ultimately ended up being, I thought that it was going to be Pentagon that was going to be doing essentially all the stuff that Blue Demon Jr. was doing in this match. But the fact that they booked this match in a way where it was Blue Demon Jr. uh, setting the pace. And for those of you who may have watched the show uh, and watched the Spanish commentary but don't understand Spanish. Basically, the story on commentary was almost like they're trying to see how does Pentagon sort of go get one up over his rival, over his idol and the man who he looked up to. And throughout the match, it was always Pentagon Jr. almost kind of playing catch up, especially from the beginning where Pentagon didn't even get like to do his entire full entrance. Blue Demon Jr., which is starting to brawl from the very beginning, like onto the ramp, like the match didn't even start inside the ring. It started off the ramp. It was it was a very good, my very violent match uh, for what it ended up being. And 
But Blue Demon Jr. did not. Uh, he chose violence to start this to start the match, and the destroy the two destroyers, especially the last one off the top of the row through a table, completely caught me off guard. I first of all, the first one caught me off guard, which is a simple destroyer in the middle of the ring, but to do it off the top rope and through a table just kind of blew my mind. This was a really good match. This was great. I think the crowd was into it. I think this was an one instance where. The, the people not miking the crowd kind of hurt how it probably looked on television or, or I guess on the internet. It probably say, probably sounded awesome, the atmosphere in, uh, in Tijuana. But, man, this was a... Regardless, if you have a chance to watch this match, they're probably going to post this on post the whole show in parts like they did with the first one on YouTube in the coming weeks. Watch this match. I mean, this, this entire second half of the show was awesome from top to finish. I agree. And we did end up seeing uh, Pentagon Jr. will be moving on to the mask versus mask match. And so we'll talk about that in just a second. But before we get to that, um, let's go ahead and get into the next match because this was basically what. Uh, so earlier we mentioned the women's cage match and we mentioned the two women that uh, were the last ones in there. We're going to go on to face each other in a mask versus mask match. So the fifth match that we got for the night um, was Flammer and Chick Tormenta. And so they were the last two in the cage match. So then they ended up facing each other for their mask so this was another one that i think was this one was this one was a little bit it was long but i think it was necessary because mm -hmm. again this is a mask versus mask match you're gonna want to give it the proper treatment especially the uh to really pull the, the 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 importance of the fact that hey somebody here is losing their mask and so I liked this more particularly. I think what I liked about it was that first of all, you had this like hard hitting match between the women. Like you had this really awesome dive right at the top from Flammer. You had that really nice suplex from Chick Tormenta. That was really good. Flammer had a really nice drop kick too, that I do want to point out. But I think when this started picking up and getting a little bit more like entertaining, but like in a different type of way, mm -hmm. was when we started to see the husbands get involved because the husbands were essentially there as their seconds during this match. And all of a sudden, the hubbies come in. I think it started off with Chick Tormenta's husband who came in and broke the count at one point. And so finally, the husbands get in there and they start to cause drama. And then the wives are like starting to yell at them and telling them to get out and butt out. <laughs> I loved that aspect of it. It became like this very, you know, drama, drama thing. But then we had the Vipers come in. They're in lines with Chick Tormenta. So essentially, uh, Flammer. It was Flammer and her husband, but she was basically getting, they were getting outnumbered and she was getting attacked by the Viper. So then Las Toxicas came out uh, to help Flammer. So then this just became a thing where it's like, this person's getting involved, that person's getting involved, the husband's get involved again later on in this match. We see Flammer put Chick Tormenta through uh, plywood. That was pretty good too. And after more shenanigans with the husbands, etc., uh, in the end, we see uh, Flammer get the win and Chick Tormenta ends up losing her mask after 16 years of wearing the mask. Uh, you see her come out, and basically, when you lose your mask, you have to tell people, you know, your real name. You have to tell them how long you were, uh, you know, your training, etc. All of those uh, pivotal details. So. Um, she basically does it. She takes off her mask. She reveals herself, etc. And what you saw afterwards was this like real emotion because it's somebody that you know. Hey, man, 
they're losing their mask after all of these years. So I really liked, even though this did take a little bit of while. And if you, for those of you that were watching, were like, man, this is, you know, taking a little long. It had to be that way, I think, because it gave it the proper respect where at first, you know, she was kind of being a little heelish where she didn't want to necessarily remove the mask. But then finally she says, you know what? I'm a woman of my word. I'm a lady of my word. Uh, you know, you won uh, the battle today, but you haven't won the war. And then she takes off her mask and the, afterwards they hug. They have that respect that sh uh, show womanship for each other. Uh, so that was really nice. I loved all of this. Carlos, how did you feel about the mask, um, the match, the incorporation of the husbands and all the drama? And then afterwards, the really like emotional moment with her, uh, with Chick Tormenta taking off her mask, etc. Yeah, I mean, I will say this. Part of me was not expecting Reiko, Chick Tormenta's husband, to just do a missile drop kick on Flammer to break up a pin. That kind of that surprised me a little bit as well. Well, actually, it didn't surprise me, but it was still not I was not expecting just a just multiple clean chair shots to the dome, which we saw. We, we also signed the next match, uh, a couple of those. But yeah, I, one thing that I think also has been a little maybe a little bit understated this throughout this entire triple mania tour has been the ruleta de la muerte and the first that first show had everyone almost everyone just trying their best to just rip each other's masks off and just doing everything they can just absolute hard-hitting stuff much as what we saw uh in this one because i think because it was hell this, what that wasn't even mass versus match those for earlier matches there was an opportunity to get into those types of matches so the fact that when we actually get to mass versus mask it really does highlight the importance of how big this really really is and i mean it was a i mean to me i know some people may not like the interference from the stables i think it really worked in this one especially when it did not play as much of a role in the finish in the sense where you had all your stuff because you had to sort of highlight that neither side wants their woman to lose. But it ultimately wasn't like, oh, some, someone from those Vipers uh, causes distraction and then the uh, and then the match just ends in a roll-up. I think that the buildup from the cage match all the way to here, I think it was done excellently. And I liked at the end that Chick Tormenta was like, you won the battle, but you still haven't won the war. So I'm actually, that kind of leads me, gets me very curious to see what she's going to do now that she's unmasked. And now it's going to be known, I guess that's Cristina Ramirez or however she, whatever new name she wants to give herself moving forward. Exactly. So this was really great. This was, I think this really, I think this match really captured uh, the drama, the emotion that you get in these types of matches. So I thought this was very, very well executed. This was fun. Again, a good match with a little bit of everything incorporated into it with a very uh, real, real uh, emotional ending. So I thought this was a hit. This was definitely a hit. But here we go. Um, let's move on to the next match. And this is the this is my this was my second favorite match of the night. I thought that this match should have been the main event. Okay. Um, this match really, I, I feel it like swept me off my feet in a totally different way than the five way did. The five way was like, you know, a spot fest of, you know, shit, like, oh my God, look at him throw himself out there. And oh my God, this was so cool. And what a great spot. And what a great moment. This one was different. This was an 
old school brawl. This looked like there were some there were some portions in this match where it looked like it was a shoot because that's how uh that's how legit they were when they were executing, you know, all of what they were doing and I'll go through some of those points right now, but I really loved the storytelling in this match. I loved the passion and even even though one of the things that we talked about throughout the show was how it kind of sucked that we didn't see, you know, the crowd getting, we didn't hear the crowds getting mic'd or any of that. So we really Mm -hmm. couldn't take some of the reactions in this match. This was the match where I didn't notice any of that. It almost felt like for a second, like even though the crowd wasn't fully mic'd, you could hear, like you could still hear or feel like the, uh, the emotions in the crowd and how invested they were during this, because they, even they showed some crowd shots, the crowd shots, mm-hmm. you had people just like, you know, with their hands in their mouths and they're, you know, really getting into it. And you kind of felt that because you knew what they were feeling because you were feeling it while you were watching this match. So for me, I freaking love this. And this was the Ruleta de la Muerte, uh, the other semifinal match with the win- with the loser going on to face uh, Pentagon Jr. again in that uh, final mass versus mass match, which is going to be happening at the um, the final uh, the final installation, the final chapter of a chapter of Triple Mania in Mexico City. So this was Viana Four versus Psycho Clown. Now, um, let's kind of run down, uh, run down a couple of the bullet points of what actually occurred in this match, and then we'll kind of go into our thoughts here. So, um, right away, like I mentioned, this was an old school brawl. We saw Psycho Clown was literally like bleeding right off the top of this match because you saw Viano literally, uh, like shove his face like into the uh, into the post and just like getting them in there. That was really, really crazy. There was a moment where they were inside the ring where Viana four essentially was biting the tongue from the mask yeah. of cycle clown, which was an insane visual. After this, you saw cycle clown smash a beer bottle on Viana four and literally then use the, the piece of it to like cut him open. Uh, there was a moment where he brought in a broom, started using the broom to attack him. Uh, there was my favorite part. My favorite part of this was when a uh, psycho clown started punching Viana four, but it looked so freaking crazy because he's like really hitting it and like mm. rapidly and hard where I, it looked like a shoe and I'm not saying it was, but it looked like it like Jesus yeah. Christ when they brought in the thumbtacks and all of that. Um, in the end, we see psycho clown get the victory here and we are going to be getting Pentagon junior versus Viana four in a mask versus mask match. So now with that being said, what were some of your favorite moments during this match and how did you feel about it? So throughout the, throughout the show, by the way, I've been keeping notes on basically every single match because I wasn't sure how awake and how alert I was going to be now at 3.21 a.m. on the East Coast. The, the entire uh, part of my notes for this match was just the constant spots, the, the broken glasses. By the way, I thought, I thought for a quick second when they were showing all the the first instance of the beer glass being shattered and you kind of saw all those shards and pieces in the middle of the ring. There was a part of me that legit thought one of them might actually be put through those. That's what I legit thought. And the guy, I mean, it wasn't wasn't glass shards. It was thumbtacks in the end, but it was still just simply crazy. (laughs) The piano to me, has been the MVP of this entire tournament, in my opinion. If you, for, if, for those of you who did not get a chance to watch 
the first match that he had in this tournament against LA Park. First of all, I'm going to tell you this right now. It's an ugly looking match, but it is a really good, hard hitting match that the entire crowd was really into. And it was in so it was kind of a lot like this, where it was very bloody from the very beginning. Villano ripping off the top of the mask from the from from the start. It kind of I almost kind of was wondering if it, it was gonna if he was pulling a little bit too hard to the point where Psycho Clown was actually gonna get unmasked by accident. There was a couple of moments in this show where I thought, oh man, the mask pulling. Uh, you're treading some very dangerous water that someone someone's gonna get unmasked very accidentally but fully um there was one moment where you you kind of alluded to this earlier about the punching and stuff i thought it almost felt like a shoot again felt like a shoot where psycho clown had the broomstick and he hit viano the broomstick doesn't break then it goes to the other side and hits it again and breaks it but then Viano no-sells it. He gets up immediately and they just start punching each other. And that's when I kind of thought, this looks very shoot-ish. Again, not saying that it was a shoot, but uh, Viano has a way, especially with these kinds of matches, he has a way of making these matches feel real. They don't feel like pro wrestling. They, do, they feel like genuine fights. And Villano going up to uh, to face Pentagon, I feel like we kind of know what the end result is going to be. But this is the Paviano, his style, and what we've seen though, these in this tournament is a style that Pentagon thrives at. It, he, this is a match that I think is going to steal the show. That I think that main event in October is going to be brutal, bloody, but it's going to be a fantastic match. I think so too, and I hope so too. And I think I f- I feel like the very obvious is that Viana Four is going to lose his mask. I feel that's a given. But even though that might be a given, that may be predictable. Uh, I do agree with you in that sense that they are going to have this a phenomenal match, especially after what we've seen so far in this tournament. Uh, I feel like that's a pretty safe assumption to make. But honestly, this was so freaking good. This was my second favorite match of the night because it mm. just really, really, uh, it pulled me in, man. It really pulled me in, and it got. To to the point where I was just like, yep, this is it. This is like, if that five way was not on tonight's card, this would have been my favorite match of the night. Uh, But before we get to the rest of the show, we just got the main event to talk about, but we do have another super chat. This one is from Mad Mercenary who says those beer bottle shots were nasty. And that's the, that's the appealing part where you mentioned like it looks ugly, but it's, it's it's a fight. It's supposed Mm -hmm. to look ugly, right? Like what fight's supposed to look beautiful? Like this was an ugly fight. And that was the, that's kind of the appeal to, of it you know mm-hmm. yeah and the way this tournament has been booked i mean look i don't know about you but i do feel like when that window semifinals were kind of formatted it kind of felt to me pretty predictable how it was going to go but i feel like they did kind of subvert the expectations a little bit especially with this match there was an instance or two where i thought psycho clown might actually lose this match and, and I, I'm thinking it was like, there's almost no way you're going to do Pentagon versus Psycho Clown, Mask versus Max. At least, maybe not at this point. Not at this point. Maybe down the road. But, but man, Viano did such a great job with this match. And I feel like he's going to have a killer match with Pentagon Jr. Hopefully, not in a literal sense. 
Exactly. Exactly. All right. So before we move on to talk about this main event, I just got a couple of things to say. And the first thing is, first and foremost, guys, uh, I don't know if you have not already subscribed to Fightful Select. I have no idea what you're waiting for, especially with this week, with all of the breaking wrestling news that we have had. Vince McMahon, Sasha Banks, you name it. You guys know what's been going on in the wrestling news. Uh, There has been a lot of really awesome details and, you know, more insights and stories and news breaking that Sean has been putting out on Fightful Select. So if you guys seriously have not subscribed yet, please do not miss out. Head on over to FightfulSelect.com. Subscribe. I think the last time we ch- the last time I checked, which was like a day ago or two days ago, uh, they were like about less than 200 uh, patrons away from hitting 7,000 subscribers. Wow. I don't know what the number is exactly right now, but seriously, go. You get your money's worth. Get all the latest news and information. There's a lot of really good stuff on FightfulSelect.com. Additionally, tomorrow I will be back with Steven Jensen, and we're going to be here talking about Impact Wrestling Slammiversary, and that's going to be Let's Looking Like a Killer Show as well. Obviously, there's going to be so much to talk about in regards to Slammiversary, so make sure you guys come out and hang out here on Sunday. And then Monday, I will be back with Sean Ross Sapp to do our weekly Monday Night Raw post-show cover. So a lot of stuff happening here on this channel. If you guys haven't already, please make sure that you guys subscribe because we are uh, trying to make our way to 100,000 subscribers here on Fightful Select. And last but not least, uh, let 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 people know that you guys enjoyed the show. Please leave a nice comment here in the chat afterwards and give this video a like. Uh, both myself and Carlos are up very late. Carlos more so because he's on the East Coast. Uh, so benefits of being on the West Coast. Hell yeah. Um, but still, please give this video a like and just let people know that you guys enjoyed it overall if you did. Uh, now, let's go ahead and hop into this main event. So the main event was a tag team match between, it was originally supposed to be the Hardy Boys making their AAA debut, which was supposed to be awesome, but we already know basically what went down, the whole situation with Jeff Hardy. So Jeff Hardy was no longer going to be part of the show. Matt Hardy still coming into the show, but they basically got him a partner, uh, a mystery partner, which we did not know of. It kind of felt a little predictable. I think we all at some point kind of figured out who it would be, but it ended up being a John Morrison who goes by uh, Johnny Caballero here, but this time he was going by uh, Johnny Hardy. So he mm-hmm. took the Hardy name for today, even did the entrance and everything. And uh, they wrestled Los Hermanos Lee, which is Draglistico and Dragon Lee. So uh, let's kind of get into this right away. How did you feel about this being the main event, especially after the previous match that we saw? How did you feel about Johnny Hardy being the replacement and just overall in terms of your thoughts on this match? So... I was very curious how they're going to approach this because uh, for those of you who may not remember, so um, the last time Triple A had the show Rey de Reyes, we actually had a similar situation where it was going to be where the Lucha Brothers versus Dragon Lee and Drillistico. Phoenix got injured, and what happened was the end result, I believe, was they just had Pentagon go up against Drillistico. And so in the back of my mind, I'm like, they can't really do the same thing for this. Not not the main event of a Triple Mania show with Matt Hardy being one half of the main event. They wouldn't do that. But I'm thinking like maybe they would do that and just bump up that Villano, uh, either either Ruleta de la Muerte matches as the main event. But then when you put in, you know, John Morrison or Johnny Hardy, I mean, I'm like, okay, listen, 
they had less than a week's notice and they can't just, you know, call up Tony Khan and just ask for ex wrestler from AEW because it's spoiler warning, getting a visa at the last second with less than a week's notice from us to Mexico. Not exactly easy, not exactly easy at all. So I had no problem with Johnny Hardy that feel kind of like predictable, but given the circumstances, yeah, you can't really blame AAA uh, on that. This really kind of felt a little flat as a main event, given the last three match, really the whole show, given what the show has kind of been and built up to, it does did feel a, a little bit flat. Um, I will say I did enjoy John Morris and Johnny Hardy literally doing all the Jeff Hardy stuff from the entrance to literally spending five minutes before the match started just going up and just doing the showboating stuff left and right to the point where I'm where, right away, folks. I literally DM Denise saying, can John Morrison please just stop doing this and start the match? <laughs> Although um, he was looking like he was having the time of his life, so I oh, kind yeah. of felt bad, but I was like, bro, look at the clock. Look at the clock here. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 don't get me wrong. He did, like, Johnny Hardy looked like he was having the time of his life. It was like, hey, you want to team with Matt Hardy and just be Jeff Hardy for one night? I'm like, hell yeah, I'll do it. Um, It was really, it was fun. It was a nice main event. Both of these guys, you know, they shined uh, a bit. It was a good, good match. Um, I was surprised. Matt Hardy, you know, kind of dictated in a lot of ways the pace of the match. And I think it was a good pace where you have basically three high flyers and then you had someone who isn't in Matt Hardy but it was still a good straight pro wrestling match it was a good tag team match it just it just didn't quite live up to what the other matches had kind of been leading up to and again not necessarily you know all four of these guys faults you know it's kind of hard to really make a match uh out of the situation that is going on right now but overall it was good it was good it was just not Main event of Triple Mania, good. Um, but, I mean, there were some moments where it was just... Can we just talk about Dragon Lee launching himself and Johnny Hardy to the Shadow Realm? Because he, like, go, folks, go look up. So, Dragon Lee, uh, so Johnny Hardy was on the outside. He was on the barricade. His back was to the barricade. And then Dragon Lee runs up and does a massive tope, like the one of the fastest topes I've ever seen in my life. So fast that he launched himself into Johnny Hardy over the barricade clean. And by the way, the barricade is not like a foot or two feet. This is like a good, or just like six, seven feet apart from the ring. And they both flew in for like a brief instant. They looked like they just went into the ether and they like didn't like you couldn't even see them because they just flew so far away that was that was such an insane spot i I've, I've never seen a tope be run as fast as dragon lee did it was legitimately full speed and i immediately tweeted right away i was like this is the best tope i've seen all year and i said all year because let's be real i don't remember every tope i've seen in my life but this was legitimately up there with probably the best one i have ever seen the speed and the accuracy in all of it and just like the overall i guess you can say drama to it i think really added to it and it ended up being one of the standouts of this match but uh in terms of uh, dragon lee to me was really the standout here but mm -hmm. i do also want to 
give a little bit of credit to Matt Hardy because I do think that he he did a lot in this match. Like he had his working shoes on as well. Uh, obviously, different levels, different type of uh, work work type of work rate type of stuff that you're going to be getting from you know both of these teams, at least in my opinion. Um, but this match, though, aside from that moment, uh, I think there was a really nice. Um, the headbutts, I love the headbutts on Dragon Lee. I thought those were really good too. And then Dragon Lee did a uh, hurricanrana on uh, to John to John. I was gonna say John Morrison, Johnny Hardy, Johnny Morrison, whatever that you want to call him, uh, to the outside. I thought that was really good too. But uh, it just wasn't main event material. And aside from those moments, I can't even tell you like anything else that I legitimately stood out to me in this match or anything like that. So I really do think that they should have the second that Jeff Hardy was no longer going to be part of this. You could even argue that this shouldn't have even been you could have even argued that this didn't have to be the main event even with Jeff Hardy in it like this could have easily been like the semi main event or someplace else in the card. It didn't have to be the main event in my opinion. But the second that Jeff Hardy was out of this one, I don't think it should have stayed the main event because it just didn't keep the up especially after what we had seen with uh viana four and psycho clown and then the <laughs> awesome five way that we saw i i just kind of feel like it just didn't live up or hold up to the standards from some of the other stuff that we were seeing uh throughout the night but other than that i mean it was fine uh i'll, I'll probably forget about it in a bit but everything <laughs> else that we saw on the show was definitely solid definitely match of the night was the five way and then after that for me, was Viana 4 and Cycle Clown. For you, what would you say was like your top two favorite matches? I would say the Viano uh, match and the five way. I do also want to. I wanted to get your thoughts on sort of the ending of the match that had. Um, oh, I forgot Johnny, to mention Johnny the Hardy. Sorry, that, I forgot that to mention Johnny that. Hardy. Johnny Hardy essentially just kicks Matt Hardy in the nards and. Then just leaves the ring and then Jaleesico and Dragon Lee just, you know, go to go to work on Matt Hardy for like five seconds and the, the match is over. It was uh, a little sloppy. It was a little sloppy at the end. It was sloppy. And then afterwards, Matt gets up and then just starts beating on on John Morrison, hits Twist of Faith, and that was it. And then, you know, John uh, Johnny go, goes out and then Matt just gets props to Dragon Lee and Jaleesico. It's like, again... This is part of why I think like this was felt a little flat uh, as the main event because there were a couple of moments where it felt like kind of going through the motions just a little bit because I've seen these guys wrestle at their best. They they can do so much more, but again, it was late. By that point, it was a four plus hour show. Uh, they probably didn't have a whole ton of timeless, so but you know it, it was good, just not as great as the other matches. Yeah, exactly. Completely agree. So there you go, guys. That was Triple Mania Capitulo 2 in Tijuana. Um, Let's wrap this up, man. What an awesome night. Carlos, this was the first show you and I have done together. So I had a really (laughs) great time coming out here and doing the show. Thank you so much for staying up so late and, you know, basically just saying yes. Because if not, it would have just been me by myself (laughs) on here. And although that's fun to do, I do like to have a person on here to come out here and chat with me. So before we wrap this up, let the people know where they can follow you where they can give you some love etc uh you can follow me on social media at carlos toro media mainly on on twitter i do a lot of boxing talk uh but i'll you know every so often i'll throw in something regarding uh pro wrestling this was a lot of fun doing this show and yeah this yeah i do think now that you think about it this is the first time we've ever done a show i think the last time was the 
uh, the last time we were on the same podcast together was that Christmas show a couple of years ago. I don't really count that. That doesn't count. <laughs> it was a Christmas show. Everybody was on it, right? <laughs> Fair enough. I don't count yeah. those. Fair enough, but that was a lot of fun. I would say this match, uh, this show was absolutely worth it. I thought that this was one of the better pro wrestling shows of the year so far. I would say maybe top five pro wrestling shows of 2022 up to this point because some of these matchups are just incredible. I completely agree. It was a good show, a lot of great stuff. And when the YouTube version comes out, for those of you that did not watch, uh, please go check out some of that stuff out because there was some great stuff on there as we talked about it here today. But that's a wrap for us today. Guys, do not forget to subscribe to F4W on... Ooh, I'm on the wrong channel. Do not forget to subscribe to Vibe. Oh, Sean's going to kill me. It's okay. It's 1239 in I'm dead. Okay, wrong channel. Sorry, guys. I got a bunch of jobs. Okay, please do not. You I'm done. I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm dead. Sean's going to be so pissed at me. He's going to lose his mind. He's like, God damn it, Denise. What the hell's your problem? You're on the wrong channel. All right, please. I'm not catching that stray, gr- that stray bullet. Sorry. All right, please subscribe to Fightful. You guys know what channel we're on. Oh my god, everyone's laughing. At least I woke up everybody in the chat. For those of you guys who are like, for those of you, okay, so like, shout really quickly. Uh, I do do three shows a week on F4W online, so a lot of my shows end the exact same way. Where I'm like, oh, don't forget to subscribe to F4W online, and so I got stumbled a little bit, guys. It's 12:40 a.m. I'm not as snappy as I usually am. Uh, please subscribe to Fight For Sean. Will kill me for this. Uh, give this video a like and just thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Oh, let's see if I'm still employed by tomorrow. Yeah. Bye, guys. <laughs> Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue all in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy eighty percent lean ground beef for three forty nine a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for seventy seven cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.